The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What is going on, everybody? Welcome. Welcome, everybody, into the overreaction Buffalo postgame show brought to you by the Market Dominator team on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network presented by Picasso's Pizza. Treat yourself to the most flavorful pizza on game day, Picasso's. We are Buffalo Pizza. Order online. They're shipping local and nationwide right now at picassospizza.net. I am the voice of the overreaction Buffalo Post Game Show. My name is Joe Miller. You can find me as always on Twitter at Joe Miller Wired. Welcome, everybody. And just like that, I'm watching the television, and Damar Hamlin has just made an another uh, made another amazing tackle on a Jets running back 15 yards downfield behind the defensive line and the linebackers. Clearly, that's a joke. But is it really a joke? I don't know how many tackles DeMar Hamlin made downfield, but it was uh, too, too many. (laughs) You expect one of those, two maybe a game. But uh, thank God DeMar Hamlin can tackle as well as he can because uh, that was pretty ridiculous in a lot of ways. It's great to have you, all of you. Thank you for joining me, and thank you for making the Overreaction Postgame Show a priority after every Buffalo Bills game, whether win or lose. Quick note, quick note, quick note for everybody that is tuned in right now, whether in podcast or live, and I'm going to welcome all of you here in a second. I'm going to start dropping podcasts three days a week starting tomorrow, Monday, November 11th on the Overreaction Sports RS, uh, RSS feed. Uh, please like and subscribe to that feed. So if you go to Spotify, if you go to whatever your podcast platform is of choice and you type in Overreaction Sports, mine should come up or Overreaction Buffalo Sports. My original RSS feed should show up. I'm going to start doing some kind of out-of-the-box stuff that I've been wanting to do for a while and just haven't really gotten around to it. Uh, but, uh, if you'd like to get more content from me three times a week, weekly from, uh, yours truly, 
uh, you can go there and you can find that. It would be great. And no, just in case anybody's wondering, don't start any rumors. I am not going anywhere in regards to Buffalo Rumblings. Uh, this is my home. This is where I'm staying. I love everybody that's on this network with me. And uh, it's just a pleasure and an honor to be here. Uh, do me a favor. Uh, make sure you like and subscribe uh, right here on the Buffalo Rumblings YouTube channel. If you have not already, we are Super Chat Live. This is the recording of a podcast and whether this podcast finds you around a cup of coffee at the gym with your AirPods in on the drive to work, punching yourself in the face from watching that football game or watching me live, live right now. Let me just say one more time. Welcome. It's good to have you. Welcome to everybody that's uh, up in the chat. There's a whole bunch of you way too many for me to even mention. Thank you guys so much for being faithful, for always being here. I appreciate all of you more than you will ever know. Uh, before we get started, we're going we're gonna to mix it up just a little bit. We're going to talk about the Western New York Beer Trail. And I grabbed the book and left it upstairs. Son of a gun. Uh, the brand new 2023 uh, Trail Pass from Western New York beer, beer Trail is now available. The 2023 Pass is bigger and better than ever. And it actually is bigger than this one. Like taller. Like actually in... <laughs> physically it's actually bigger uh there's no better time to get ready for your next or, or for next year than right here right now the new pass features 53 area breweries cideries meteries and beer bars all over western new york while almost every stop still still offers the two half-priced beers with your pass there are several other offers available uh, from select locations such as discounts on flights food and merchandise you can save over 400 with all the offers in this book like a tyler bass field goal usually you can't miss. Sorry, I had to throw it in there. The 2023 Trail Pass and other beer tra trail pass items are available, are available at the website www.wnybeertrail.com. Just click on the shop tab and now through November 15th, use the code THEVOICE15 uh, to save on your entire order. This is the perfect way to start your holiday shopping early and even get yourself a little something. We at Western New York Beer Trail are proud to support everything local, craft beer, small business, Local charities watch for our meetups and fundraising events along the way. Western New York Beer Trail, drink local, support local. We'll see you on the trail. So basically, this is the beer trail. So you you get on the website and you uh, you, you purchase it and you get two of these bad boys. And I know you can't see it, but it's got information about effectively all the different breweries, cideries, meaderies, and everything. It's got the coupons in there for you to get two beers. So if you're going with a date, if you're going with a buddy, you can get two beers, uh, two drinks at half price. Uh, the savings on that alone is going to pay for this little bad boy. So do yourself a favor, jump over to WNYBeerTrail.com, buy that thing, throw in the promo code, the voice 15, do that for me because that's how we track this stuff to make sure that you guys are paying attention. Uh, but, uh, yeah, sign up today, get yourself one ladies and gentlemen. So good to have you do me a favor, jump on that like button, hump that like, as we say on Wednesdays, it's not Wednesday, but it's okay. If we say that on a Sunday, on a Monday. Thank you to everybody who is joining about me or joining joining me live right now. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't want to talk about this game. Legit. Thomas DeLoss is in the chat. I should have him talk about it. <laughs> Brian Bowers is in the chat. I could have him talk about it too. There's a whole bunch of people in here that could probably do this better than I better, better than I could for this episode and probably bring more energy to it. I don't want to talk about it. You know, losing is one thing. Not even showing up is another. And I, I did myself the favor, and I didn't mean to, it was accidental. I did myself the favor of missing the Jaguars loss last season because I was in Mexico. I took my bride, my spouse, on our 20th wedding anniversary. It was actually after our anniversary, but it was our trip that we had planned. I took her to Puerto Vallarta, 
I didn't see, but probably about a third of that game because where I was at, they didn't carry the game. And then the Bills did what they did against the Jaguars, and I didn't have a show to do. It was great. Unfortunately, I have a show to do for this one. we got our first Super Chat, Jesse Stentz. Jesse, thank you so much for being a part of the show. God grant us the serenity to accept that Allen had a bad game and that defensive personnel matter at some point, no matter how well the replacements initially played, it will get better. Jesse, that is a fantastic, fantastically positive comment, and I very much appreciate it, and thank you. And while it feels like the wheels are falling off or have fallen off, they haven't. This is still a very good football team. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about some negative things. We're going to talk about some positive things. But you are absolutely correct. Allen had a bad game. The defense had a bad game. The coaching staff had a bad game. <laughs> Buffalo Freddy, my guy, says, Joe has the answer. Let's just go to Mexico. Let's go. I'm in. Dude, I am all about it. I am all about Mexico. Anyways, getting back to it. Uh, a week when the Patriots and the Dolphins won their football games, the Bills needed to beat the Jets to keep them down and stay ahead of the other two. Unfortunately, that's not how this week would go for the Buffalo Bills. And make no mistake, you don't want to hear this, but the division right now is in play. The AFC boasts the only division with all teams having a winning record. The Bills are at 6-2. and two, The Jets are at 6-3. and three, The Dolphins are at 6-3. and three, and the Patriots are at five and four. The pesky never go away. They're, they're, they never seem to go away. Annoying little nephew Patriots are right there. Zach Wilson, despite having gaudy numbers last week, actually, he didn't play a very good game. Had three bad interceptions. And again, this is last week. But today, in a game where I expected him wholly to hurt his team, the game plan that they rolled out there for him and getting the ball out as fast as humanly possible against that Buffalo Bills pass rush, worked almost to perfection. No Brees Hall, no Corey Davis, very suspect offensive line. I just expected the Buffalo Bills to dominate despite their own injuries, primarily Jordan Poyer, Matt Milano. We obviously know that Micah Hyde is out for the season. And you didn't hear this from me, but I've got it on pretty good authority that I'm not sure that Jordan Poyer is going to be back this season. Don't quote me on that, but be prepared for bad news. It's it's the Armageddon scene. Prepare the world for bad news. Regardless of any of that information, there are no excuses. The Buffalo Bills lost to the Jets 20-17, to and as much as I want the Jets fans to be able to do somewhat of a victory lap and enjoy this win, I just don't feel like the Jets did a whole lot to win this game. It's not like the Jets manhandled the Bills. I've said it a lot lately. I'm going to stand by it. And until I'm proven wrong, the only team that can beat the Buffalo Bills are the Buffalo Bills. Unfortunately, what's going to get run in the media and on the press this week is the Bills have still not beaten the divisional opponent. They're 0-2 in the AFC East, and that matters when every team has a winning record halfway through the season. It should absolutely 100% cool off the best team in football chatter outside of the city of Buffalo and probably inside the city of Buffalo too from guys like Jerry Sullivan, who probably hasn't said that once regardless. 
Robert Sala said he was keeping receipts earlier this season, and my gosh, is the guy cashing them in. The reality is, is the Buffalo Bills just made too many mistakes in this football game, not mistakes that hurt them per se. So it's not like every turnover there was a touchdown. There was one or one scoring drive. Only the second pick resulted in points, but mistakes never help you regardless of whether or not they immediately hurt you. And the Bills made their fair share of mistakes in this football game. Up 14 to three early. And, you know, anytime you're up 14 and three, it feels like, you know, as a, as a Bills fan, you're cruising. Oh, this is, you know, it's 14 to three in the second quarter. This is not going to end well for the Jets. Jets come back immediately and score a touchdown. You were there for the rest of it. And if you're asking me, Joe, what went wrong in this football game? Or if you're asking other content creators, or you're asking yourself or your buddy, your dad, your neighbor, what went wrong? Well, I would submit to you what former Buffalo Bill Jerry Ostrowski's assessment was. Jerry said plainly to me in a text after this football game, football is an easy game. Number one, block. Number two, tackle. Number three, ball handling. And the Buffalo Bills were 0-3 in that in this football game. For me as an amateur, what, a, a commentary person, a guy that brings color to post-game stuff, and, uh, you know, I'm an I'm a alternative content person, creator meaning that i don't get directly paid by the nfl or the buffalo bills or any major local media outlet in my amateur novice fan eyes which <laughs> there was obviously a report that came out this year and said that people need to stop listening to the fan sites well i are a fan site that's what i am that's what i do for me football is a physical game where one team imposes its will on the other Football is a physical game where one team pose imposes its will on the other team until the time for the game runs out. Over and over again in this football game, we saw the Bills refuse to do so. And it wasn't just this game. You can back it up two quarters into the Green Bay Packers game. This game just, it just felt... It felt, it felt a lot like the Packers game. It just felt weird, right? Like from jump. The kickoff, Zerline slips, the Bills are on it. And thank God, that was like that was like one of those moments when the wheels are going to come off, that that's like where it happens. Like kicker slips, it's a freak play, like drives the ball into like, you know, the, 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 the up backs. However, the up backs have already turned and ran the other direction, so they're not even sure of what happened to the football. But that didn't happen. The Bills were focused. They were ready. The ball gets kicked right to them, and they're ready to recover it. They've got it. It's perfect. I was like, yes, we are focused. We're ready to go in this football game. And then Josh Allen hits Stephon Diggs over uh, Sauce Gardner with a double move. Beautiful pass for 30-something yards. I've got it in my notes somewhere. I'm sorry. I don't know the exact measurement. Chris Schenke was here. He can tell you. And then immediately after that, Josh Allen throws a bad red zone interception. Something he does not do very often. So to the earlier super chat point, Josh Allen had a bad game, but the world isn't going to end. Josh Allen said in his post game, 
that the defender was covered up by the defensive end. So he didn't see him. So effectively, when you think proximity and, and, and viewing angles as he's rolling to his right, the defensive end was standing there. The defender was right behind the defensive end. All he could see was Dawson Knox. He thought Dawson Knox was effectively wide open. He wasn't. It's fine. It happens. But the Jets go three and out and seemingly didn't hurt the Bills at all. Again, getting back to that point I made earlier, even if it doesn't hurt you immediately, it doesn't help you in the long run either, getting a turnover or making those mistakes. Bills get the ball back. They go down. They score somewhat easily. But early in this game, even with them, even with them scoring somewhat easily, early in this game, something just felt off with this Bills offense. And I know you guys felt it too because I was reading your tweets. So Joe Marino has has is my, my very good friend Joe Marino from Lockdown Bills has has cued me into a site to go to to where I can like if I want to do the plays, like I used to chart the games and it was annoying because I didn't get to enjoy the games as much as I used to. Cause I'm charting play by play. I'm charting everything like who got the ball for how long and how many yards they run, what happened on the play. And Joe Marino actually uh, clued me into a, a website that I can go to and I can actually see like every play in a drive. So I don't have to chart plays anymore. So now I'm actually able to be on Twitter and kind of hanging on to what you guys are feeling or what you guys are saying. And it was clear that all of you felt the same way that I did. It just seemed a little bit off. Not sure what they were trying to do or what they weren't trying to do. It just didn't feel like what we're used to seeing out of this Bills offense. They were reacting to the defense versus kind of dictating to the defense, which we've talked about on this show for a long time with me in the last couple of years. I want to see an offense that's out there dictating to the defense, not necessarily taking what the defense gives them. Gone, completely gone are the intermediate throws from this from this passing offense. We're almost living back, and it was mentioned in the postgame pressers again today, we're almost back living in the J.P. Lossman, Trent Edwards days of, well, they were in a cover two shell. They were playing the Tampa two, and whenever they played the Tampa two, we can't really push the ball down the field. Josh Allen made a living in 20 and 21 with teams playing the cover two shell. And now all of a sudden, if they're in a cover two shell, the, the script, the game plan is for him to basically tuck tail and run. Throw it to the guy two yards behind the line of scrimmage, get four yards, let's go. Versus throwing the ball 13 yards down the field to a wide open Dawson Knox or a wide open Gabe Davis or a wide open enter football player name here. It's a little frustrating. And to prove almost my point that something was a little bit off, what did the Buffalo Bills do? In the second quarter, they actually went up to up tempo to manufacture rhythm. I don't know how many of you caught that. They started going no huddle. Deion Dawkins talked about it in his presser. So even they realized we're having some rhythm issues. We're having some execution issues. We're having some problems. Let's go up tempo. And they found rhythm. Josh Allen, I've said this for years as well. If you've been watching this show, as long as Pam in the chat has, Pam Madonna on Twitter has, you will know that I've said a thousand times Josh Allen works better if he's in an up-tempo offense. He just does. He puts the defense immediately on their heels because he's a dangerous player. I'm not saying that they should do that all the time. I'm not calling for the K-gun. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that when the Bills go up-tempo, they're dangerous and they find rhythm. It was more so with Brian Dable. It's been better this year with Dorsey. 
but it was weird because they just when it comes back to the idea the concept the feeling that this was another weird game or a continuation of a weird game it felt like they left off from the packers game at halftime they were just out of rhythm it was just strange weird and i don't know do we want to have a conversation as bills fans do we want to have a conversation about weapons on this football team, receivers, guys just seemingly either not showing up or not getting schemed to be in the offense. I saw a stat that Gabe Davis right now has a catch percentage or a catch rate of 53%. That's Zay Jones levels. Where is Dawson Knox in this offense? What the hell is going on? Jay Spence, the King, went on a giant rant, rant on Wednesday on the Hump Day Hotline talking about the Isaiah McKenzie experiment in the slot is not working. I saw it on several other people's feeds today on Twitter. Yep, not working. Khalil Shakir was invisible outside of the one bad pass that Josh Allen threw where I couldn't tell if he was ahead of Shakir or trying to force it into digs behind him. Who knows where that ball was going? It was going to no man's land. Cleo Shakir was invisible in this football game. And before anybody jumps on me, just listen to the commentary. Don't extrapolate. Don't turn it into people's personal lives don't take it to places it doesn't need to be take what i'm about to say for the weight and the merit of what it is you have to think that this offense is missing cole beasley you have to think that this offense is missing that guy that can get three four yards downfield over the middle and is an outlet receiver for josh allen because that guy scares the hell out of the defense and makes them pull up and opens up the back behind them. This offense, you have to feel is missing that guy, that player. Now, we know that the Brian Dable offense is being run by Ken Dorsey. But we also know that the Ken Dorsey offense that's being run by, or the, the Brian Dable offense being run by Ken Dorsey looks a little bit different. And that's one of those pieces. It's easy to manufacture that, in my opinion, to put a guy that's going to be that little outlet dude, right? I don't know that this is a Cole Beasley thing as much as it's that player is not being schemed. It's missing from this offense. Josh Allen, now instead of going three yards ahead, he's going two yards or three yards behind. Right? I mean, isn't that what you guys are seeing as well? It just doesn't seem like McKenzie in the slot is working. And there's been a focus to put Diggs in the slot. And as much as I like that idea and that concept, Diggs in the slot means that the guys on the outside have to be effective. And the reality is, I love Gabe Davis. He's not been effective. And a lot of you love Jake Kumaro. And guess what? He's not been effective either. You can hate me and turn the show off now if you like i don't care just is what it is they've gone literally from having weapons all over the field 
to having Stefan Diggs, period, end of story. Just Stefan Diggs. He's the only weapon that's on this team. So either the wide receivers are not getting open or Josh isn't willing to let the ball go, which I don't think we would ever believe that Josh is unwilling to throw the football. Or the offensive scheme is different and not in a good way right now. I'm not saying that it's been this way the whole season. I'm saying right now with whatever they're struggling with. Right now, this offense looks like it's in trouble. The reality is, is as much as Josh Allen, I think, is either 83 or 86% of the offense's output, he can't be the entire offense. Even when he is the entire offense and the team is executing, other players are showing up. And now Josh is still kind of being the entire offense, but nobody is helping him. And I don't mean that to be a, a, a slam or to disparage a player that a player isn't helping him as much as I think it's they're not being schemed to help them. More on the offense in a minute. Because I've got a story, the story that I've got my story of this football game, which you're going to want to stick around for if you haven't hung up on me already. More on that in a second. On defense, the Buffalo Bills as well, or they're just giving up, or they did just give up too much ground to a Jets team that are trying to make a statement in the NFL. They're like, we're six and, no, they were five and three. We're five and three. Why are we being overlooked? Especially on the ground in the second half, they were trying to make a statement. Vaughn Miller did some Vaughn Miller things. It was great. And I can't, at the moment, I couldn't speak highly enough. It's in my notes. I couldn't speak highly enough of the strip sack. I thought the strip sack Vaughn Miller had on, on Zach Wilson was going to be a huge swing in the game. I was like, that should seal this game and crush the Jets and what they think they want to do. The Jets were in scoring position in the red zone, ready to double dip coming out of the half to take the lead. And Vaughn was like, nope. A little bit of a weird delayed rush. And then forces his way, gets to Wilson, strips him. It was great. We have another super chat from James. James, thank you for the super chat. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. You double up digs and you put your number one on Gabe and we have no real answer, sadly. And this is kind of the chatter that's going around right now, that the idea is that you put your number one corner on Gabe Davis, you bracket Stephon Diggs, and it's over. And as much as I saw people light up in the comments section, because this is a live show for those of you that are listening to it in podcast form, as soon as I mentioned the name Cole Beasley, some people got upset. I'm not talking about Cole Beasley. But that position, that guy, that person, that role changes the complexity of the defense of the offense. It doesn't allow them to just do that. It doesn't allow them, if you've got a guy in the middle that's going to sit down and keep moving the chains by turning around and falling down after four yards or five yards, it doesn't allow you to just put your number one on Gabe Davis, bracket Stephon Diggs, and call it a day. You can't do that. Meanwhile, some of you are all up in your feels about people and their personal lives. Just let it go. That's not what I'm talking about. People say stupid stuff. People believe stupid things, and people are stupid. You're not stupid. I'm not stupid. So just write them off. They're stupid. Who cares? Doesn't change the concept of what I'm saying. 
just getting back to the offense, it just wasn't Josh's day or the offense's day today. He had two awful interceptions. The second one to Sauce Gardner, which I didn't like. I didn't like him. I didn't like him giving an, uh, an interception to the rookie. It just left a bad taste in my mouth. And the reality is, is Josh hasn't been consistently sharp the last couple of games. It's almost like he's confused at what he's seen. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Stefan Diggs, just just if you didn't hear this already, let me just drive this home. Stefan Diggs, Stephon Diggs didn't have a catch in the second half. He actually didn't have a catch from the middle of the second quarter on. You are arguably the best quarterback wide receiver pairing in the league, and you can't connect one time in an entire half where you are either tied or losing. That alone to me is a mirror statement for the coaches on this team and the entire offense. If you see a stat that basically says we didn't connect from the eight minute mark of the second quarter on through the rest of the game in a game where we were either tied or losing one time, somebody has to look themselves in the mirror, either on coach on the coaching staff or from a player standpoint and literally ask themselves, what the hell are we doing? We are arguably the best quarterback wide receiver tandem in the game. The numbers say so, and it's not a fluky, look what they're doing this year. It's just this year. It's They're going to catch up to them at some point. It's been three, two and a half. Even the special teams were making mistakes. Tyler Bass misses a field goal. It was long, but Tyler's normally pretty you know, pretty automatic. And the kickoff out of bounds, while it did not hurt the Buffalo Bills, you know, the, the, the Jets had a three and out after it. The Bills defense stood up, which was great. It just is what it is. It just, it just wasn't. A, told you I didn't want to talk about it. I don't know what you guys want from me. Before I get into the story of this football game from my point of view, and I give you the story of every game, every time we do the show, I give you the story of the game. Let's hear from our show sponsor, the title sponsor, the um, Market Dominator team, and John Spazjack. Introducing the Market Dominator. 
Folks, I'm John Spaschak, that's right, the market dominator, and I am the proud sponsor of the Overreaction Podcast, hosted by my good friend, Joe Miller. You know, his approach is absolutely outstanding. It's excellent. And that's what our approach is when we get into real estate. We help our clients win, just like our beloved team is doing week in and week out. So folks, if you want somebody representing you with the most cutting edge technology, using artificial intelligence and everything we can get our hands on to help you win, you reach out to me directly, 716-570-3298. We will answer our phone. And one more thing, go Bills. Go Bills, even in a loss. We are forever go Bills. That is John Spazcheck. John is a very good friend of mine, and uh, John actually uh, brokered my real estate deal when I moved back to Buffalo in 2009, uh, 2018. He actually uh, worked out something that's nearly damn near impossible in the state of New York, which is early occupancy. So my family was coming in. We were like school time was pressing. We were getting close to September. My wife was really distraught and concerned about us getting in and getting the girls in the school district because also in New York State, unlike other states, you can uh, apply to put your kids in a different district if you're willing to drive them. Not here. Uh, so there was a great deal of we need to be in a house now. So uh, John actually broke our deal, got us in early occupancy, which is near, like I said, impossible. Uh, crossed every T, dotted every I. He didn't let the, the the sellers rest or the seller agent rest or make mistakes or take their good old time. He was on them the whole way. If you're looking to buy or sell a home, do yourself a favor. Don't do just me a favor. Do yourself a favor. Call the best guy in the business that's right there. Call the market dominator, 716-570-3298. Got another super chat? Green Empire Lawn Care. Well, look at you getting a little bit of a sponsorship call in there. I love it. Oh, he's a Jets fan, too. Uh, they have arguably the number one defense. I don't know if you're talking about us or you're talking about the Jets. Uh, the Jets have a very good defense. Uh, I think we saw that in this football game, and they mimicked, right? So they they mirrored what the, the Packers did. So not only do they have a good defense, they have the ability to uh, take what other teams are doing against certain opponents and use that to their benefit. If you're talking about the Bills defense, we kind of already know that as Bills fans that the Bills have a you know arguably the number one defense as well. Uh, but the Jets, yeah, the Jets defense, the, the Jets defense is going to make up for the deficiencies at quarterback. Zach Wilson is not the answer right now. However, I think they learned some things about Zach Wilson in this football game, at least put Zach Wilson on a two or a three step drop, make him get the ball out as fast as he possibly can. And the kid can probably not lose you some football games right now. I didn't say he can win you. I said he can not lose you some football games. So Appreciate the super chat from a Jets fan. That might actually be the first opposing team fan super chat I've ever gotten. It was awesome. So thank you for that. Now, let's get into the story of this football game before I talk about stats and then read you the tweets. So for me, the story of this game is this. And I know that some players subscribe to this notion, former players, and some former players don't. However, if you take the current players and what they said in their press conference, I think for me personally, it absolutely screams that I'm correct. There is a book out right now on how to beat the Buffalo Bills, both on offense and defense. The story of this game is the New York Jets, the New York Jets taking that game plan of which, by the way, the head coach of the Packers, you heard it on the game, on the game feed, if you were listening is the brother of the offensive coordinator for the Jets. So it's not like 
you know, some dude from the Chiefs is calling some dude from the Rams and asking questions. Like, this is brother to brother. What'd you do to beat him? Download it to me because it worked. And they did. Daquan Jones said in his postgame uh, interview, and Vaughn Miller basically said the same thing. They were doing the same thing to us that the Packers did as it pertains to the run game defensively. Offensively, sorry. So against offensively, what the Jets did against the Bills defense. And on offense, the wide receivers either, the, the wide receivers for whatever reason can't get open. And Josh is, as I said earlier, a little bit unsettled. I don't want to say confused. He just seems unsettled, unsure, maybe a little bit. And it's leading to just some bad execution. The Bills, are, and this is one of the struggles that good teams go through, right? It, usually it's not an extended period of time. Normally for most teams, you go through a situation like this, the, an opponent figures something out on you, which the Green Bay Packers clearly did in that game uh, last week. And then you go back to the drawing drawing board and you figure it out and you are able to overcome it. You adjust, you solve the problem. Daquan Jones said, we did try to work on it. We did try to solve this problem for whatever reason. It did not come to fruition. They had success against this as well. Von Miller said the exact freaking same thing. So I don't want to hear any of this. That stuff that rarely works. It's not true. There's no such thing as having a book on a team, like blah, 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 blah. It's happening. Game plans, the same game plan was used. Both, you could see it on offense and on defense. The good news is, is when it comes to this type of a thing, I expect the Buffalo Bills coaching staff, who is very, very good, to solve these problems. But even with that, when you're a good team, your season is never decided at week nine, whether you lose to the Jaguars or you lose to the Jets. Clearly, the Jets' loss looks better than losing to the Jaguars. The Jets are a winning football team. Jaguar, Jaguars were horrid last year. But like we saw last year in a week nine loss to the Jaguars, it can make the, the rest of the season, the road to the Super Bowl, decidedly harder. Right now, not only is the AFC East in question, but obviously the number one seed is up in the air as well. I know we don't want to believe that as Bills fans. We don't want to believe that the Jets are good enough to win the East. We don't want to believe that the Dolphins are good enough to win the East. We don't want to believe that the Patriots are good enough to win the East. But right now, there is a book on how to beat the Bills' defense and run on them and gash them so that DeMar Hamlin is making tackles 15 yards downfield, straight up the middle, running straight at your big dudes, the guys you brought in, Tim Settle, Daquan Jones, right? Jordan Phillips. There's a book right now out, out on them. And there's a book on this offense as well. Play a cover two shell, do this bracket like like what was brought up in the in the in the super chat. Put your number one guy on Gabe Davis, bracket Stefan Diggs. You completely shut him down. It's over. There's a book. We had a super chat from Darcy. Darcy, I love you and I appreciate your super chat. I honestly cannot pronounce your last name. Kunesny, 
is a guest. Kinesny, Darcy Kinesny. Now, Darcy, I'm looking for, ah, I think this is it. So this is your chat. The bills have been exposed the last two weeks. Did we peak too early? We definitely did not peak. First of all, Darcy, thank you for your super chat. And thank you for being a part of the show. Thank you for tuning in. I appreciate it more than you know. I hope, I hope that you're having fun in the comments section and that people are treating you well. Uh, no, the Buffalo Bills did not peak too early. This is part of an NFL season. This is part of the ebbs and flows. This is part of what happens to the NFL. Um, I would say there's a heightened sense of urgency amongst us Bills fans, knowing that the Chiefs, who are on TV right now, right, are in play for that number one seed. And as the Titans, I'm literally watching the television, just ripped off a huge run. Uh, there's, you know, the number one, this entire season, everything that's going to be written about this season for the Buffalo Bills is about the number one seed. Because if the road to the Super Bowl goes through Buffalo, it wildly increases the chances that this team is going to go to the Super Bowl. If it goes through Kansas City, not we have challenges, right? I mean, we've beaten the Chiefs the last two years during the season in Kansas City. We've lost to the Chiefs the last two years in Kansas City in the playoffs. We want the playoffs to go through Buffalo. Now, the Bills are 0-2 in the division. That's not great. So the Bills not only have to have a, a commanding record going forward, but they've also got to start beating teams in the division. Because the reality is, one game back, the Jets and the Dolphins, more likely the Dolphins, are a threat to winning this division. So no, we did not peak too early. Actually, now is kind of when you want to have these problems that the Bills are having because they've got an opportunity. They've got time to overcome it. Thank you so much, Darcy, for the super chat. I appreciate you more than you know. And then my girl, Pamela, should we be talking more? Also, super chat. Should we be talking more about the offensive line? Josh was under so much pressure. Could that be why he was off? I don't think so. Josh has always dealt with pressure. Josh has been one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL to basically have to play against the blitz since he came into the lead, or I should say since he got connected with Brian Dable. Josh handles pressure, moves out of the pocket well. There's something else going on downfield where he's not seeing or the players are not schemed open the way that they have been in the past. Guys are either not getting open, which goes back to what I said before about having that release valve, or it's just something else. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is, Pam, to your question. I don't think that that's why. I don't think it's an offensive line issue. I think the offensive line played fine. I think he's checking down on the flat too much, and he's pulling out too early at times. James, with another super chat. After this game, Joe, if you are Bean, are you going after OBJ? Clearly, and, and I'm one of the biggest proponents, or I should say I'm one of the biggest I was not a proponent. I was a detractor. I was a uh, opponent of getting Odell Beckham Jr. But at this point in time, if everything that we're seeing, reading, and hearing is that there is uh, already an agreement in place for Odell Beckham Jr. to come to Buffalo on a two-year deal, two-year deal that is very incentive-laden, so they're not giving they're not giving away the entire store for OBJ. At this point, I'm going after him because for me, OBJ changes the game and changes the conversation that we were talking about earlier about that Beasley role. OBJ can live in that Beasley role or he can go to the boundary. OBJ can play the boundary as well. If you've been watching, tuned into, listening to the show for any amount of time, I'm the guy that said that the Bills made a huge gamble or took a huge gamble and made a wild mistake in having Jake Kumaro as their only boundary receiver. 
backup boundary receiver. Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis, Jay Kumaro. That was it. Well, but Joe, Sh Khalil Shakir can play the boundary. Oh, but Joe, Isaiah McKenzie can play the boundary. Oh, but Joe, blah, 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 blah. How's that working out for you, Buffalo? How's Jay Kumaro working out for you, playing the boundary when Stephon Diggs is in the slot? I know we all love touchdown Jesus. We all love him. I love touchdown Jesus. But now we're in a situation where Isaiah Hodgins is gone. Isaiah Hodgins is a New York giant. <laughs> He's going to a team where he already knows the playbook. I talked to him today. He's going to a team where the wide receiver core is wildly injured or not executing well. It won't be long before he is effectively a go-to option, in my opinion, for that offense, which, oh, by the way, Daniel Jones lives in that sub-15 yard, 15, 20-yard space, which is where Isaiah Hodgins can win all day long. It's a giant possession receiver. So now we're stuck unless we can get OBJ. So hope, hopefully we, you know, praying to God, hopefully we're praying to God that OBJ is coming to Buffalo, that all the rumors are true. All the rumors are true. I love the show, and I love you guys. I appreciate you guys more than you know. Let's hit stats real quick. So at halftime, I, I always have to take a picture because you can't find halftime stats. Do, 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 do. So I'm navigating to my phone. So at halftime, the Buffalo Bills had 93 rushing yards. Obviously, 60 of those came from 40-something, uh, 60. There was a bunch from Josh Allen. 161 passing yards, 254 total yards to the Jets, 152. Time of possession was just about even. Five of seven, the Bills were on third downs. The Jets were one of five. The Bills were just beating them at halftime. But the score was 14 to 10. It wasn't great. By the end of the game, the game stats were 317 total yards for the Bills, 310 for the Jets, pretty much even. Passing yards, 183 for the Bills, 136 for the Jets. 134 rushing yards for the Bills, 174 for the Jets. Mm, number one rush defense in the league. They gave up 200-something last week, right? 174 this week. 19 first downs for the Bills, 21 for the Jets. 8 of 13, third down, third down efficiency for the Bills. 5 of 13 for the Jets. 61 to 61 total plays. The Bills allowed five sacks in this game. Goes back to Pam's question about the offensive line. The Jets and that awful offensive line only allowed two sacks. Again, Zach Wilson was getting the ball out extremely fast. Two punts to three punts, blah, 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 blah. The rest is just garbage. Time of possession. Bills, 27 minutes. <clears throat> Excuse me, the uh, Jets, 32. And a lot of that is predicated upon the fact that the Jets kept the ball for what the last, like six of the last eight minutes or something like that, or seven of the last eight minutes <clears throat> in the game. Josh Allen was 18 to 34 for 205 and two interceptions. Not great. Rushing, he led the team. Nine carries, 86 yards, 9.6 average, obviously with the big one, two touchdowns. Singletary, eight rushes for 24 yards. Womp, womp. James Cook, we've not talked about James Cook in this game or in this, on the show. James Cook had a pretty good game. Like, he's starting to kind of come into his own a little bit. He's 4-15 for 3.8. I'll take that all day long. Isaiah McKenzie was one for nine in the jet sweep. Receiving Stephon Diggs was five of 93 for 18.6. That was in the first quarter and a half. Stephon Diggs was five of 93 for... 18.6 yards per catch in the first quarter 
and a half. Gabe Davis was two of 33. I don't have his targets. Dawson Knox, three of 25. I didn't even realize Dawson caught three balls. I, earlier I said, where was Dawson Knox? He caught three passes. I didn't. I, I remember the one. I thought he caught one. Singletary, four of 24. James Cook, two of 18. It's just not great. Defensively, DeMar Hamlin had a sack. Von Miller had a sack, the strip sack. Obviously, no interceptions. Not great. Peyton Plays, my guy Carmen, says uh, with the Super Chat, says, all aboard the draft elite guards train, toot, toot. Peyton, we've been saying that for a couple of years now, bro. It has legit been a couple of years. There was an expectation that the Bills were going to draft a guard. I can tell you this firsthand knowledge that the plan was to move Tommy Doyle inside. Tommy Doyle has an ACL injury. So that's clearly not happening any time soon. Jay Spencer King, my guy, says, Joe, maybe Fina, John Fina can ask the Bills to bring Mimi in so she can show them how to tackle. <laughs> I love it. Jay Spencer King is in New York, in New Jersey, I should say. He went to this football game, and uh, he's talking about uh, Mimi Fina, who uh, is a rugby player, a very good rugby player, and she played uh, at her college. And, uh, yeah, so she uh, maybe. <laughs> the good news is, is DeMar Hamlin can tackle. 15 yards downfield, every running – Damar Hamlin, Jay Spencer King, was catching bodies in this game. He was catching bodies 15 yards downfield because their running backs, both James Robinson and Michael Carter, were getting past the defensive line and past the linebackers. This was another game. So two games in a row where this, this is not in my notes. This is just me being frustrated. Two games in a row where the Buffalo Bills defensive coaching arrogance Put them in a situation where they did not move out of the, out of the nickel 4-2. You've got your quarterback is Zach Wilson that you're facing, not Aaron Rodgers, not Tom Brady, not anybody worth any type of salt, not to a tongue of Iloa, even. Zach Wilson is the quarterback, and you you do not base you do not you do not move off of the scheme, the 4-2 nickel scheme, which allows the defense or the offense, I should say, that you're playing to continue to charge up the gut at you when they've got a gash angle that they're continuing continuing to exploit. It's exactly the same thing we saw against Jonathan Taylor last year. All the Bills had to do was change their philosophy for a couple. Never mind. In case you're wondering if I'm annoyed, yes, I'm annoyed. I don't, I don't, I, I get the nickel 4-2. I get that we're stronger in the nickel 4-2. I get that it's our base defense. When Matt Milano's playing, but this has been uh, wonderfully cathartic. I appreciate all of you. As much as I did not want to do this show, uh, the show is over. And uh, super appreciative to have had all of you on board with me. Again, for those of you that are listening now, if you listen to podcasts starting tomorrow, Mafia Monday, I'm going to be dropping a podcast Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on my Overreaction Sports RSS feed. Uh, if you search Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever, Google Play, Overreaction Sports. It's going to come up. Subscribe to it. You'll get some extra content from me. 20-minute shows, 30-minute shows, nothing crazy. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, just trying to uh, be a little more creative, trying to get uh, some more stuff out there into the universe, into the ether. But I love every single one of you. Thank you for hanging with me as long as you guys have. Uh, Brian Bowers, uh, 
says, thanks as always, Joe. Brian, you know I love you, dude. D uh, Double B is the man. He says, I'll be listening. But uh, ladies and gentlemen, you have been tuned into the Overreaction Buffalo post-game show brought to you by the Market Dominator team on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network presented by Picasso's Pizza. My name is Joe Miller. You can find me on Twitter as always at Joe Miller Wired. I love interacting with the mafia. Do me a favor. If you're on Twitter, follow me, interact with me. I'll chat you up. I won't ignore you. I'm not that guy. I'm not that guy that doesn't, that's verified, has the blue check and doesn't like and doesn't respond. I will legitimately respond to you, but appreciate you guys. Uh, this show is going to drop as a podcast, what, Monday? And then again, Overreaction Sports on Monday as well. Wednesday, Friday. We'll talk to you guys soon. John Fina tomorrow, 8 p.m., Code of Conduct. Tuesday, 8 p.m., Humpty Hotline, Wednesday, 8 p.m., the Buffalo Sports Nerd, 8 p.m. on Thursday, the, what is it, the three-man rush with Jerry Ostrowski College Program on Thursday at 9 p.m., Food for Thought on Sat or on uh, Friday, rather, 8 p.m., maybe 9 p.m., and then uh, the Code of, or I should say the Chop Up with Jay Spencer King and Sterling, our guy Sterling, on uh, Saturday. Love you guys. Talk to you soon. Until next week. Well, that isn't true. I'll see you tomorrow. Technically, this show, till next week. Go Bills.